Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the circus has come to town. But if you're looking for the big top tent and animals in a ring, you'll be pleasantly surprised to discover this circus is thrilling entertainment beyond those traditional trappings. Femme de Feu Creations has brought contemporary circus to Welland. So what exactly is contemporary circus? How does this group inspire audiences to expand their ideas of what circus is all about? Holly Tredenick, Artistic Director of Femme de Feu, joins us to talk performance, creativity, cultural activities, and all things circus. So, come one, come all, as we walk the tightrope and find out. What's up, Welland? Today we are joined by Holly Tredenick, Artistic Director of Femme de Feu Creations. Holly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's very exciting to be here. So we're excited because this is the first time the circus has come to What's Up Welland. So Holly, first and foremost, what is Femme de Feu Creations? And it's a unique name. What's the meaning behind this name? Yeah, good question. Femme de Feu Creations is a nonprofit charitable organization, um, uh, um, a circus and performance company. Um, so our main focus is on performance, um, but really through the lens of circus and contemporary dance. Um, so we're really multidisciplinary. Um, we do a lot of different things. We kind of have three main streams that we do as an organization. One is creation, um, professional creation with professional artists. Uh, the second stream is about education. So teaching classes, workshops, um, Sometimes that takes the form of community art. Um, and then the third stream is about advocacy. So that has really taken the form historically with the organization um, in the form of advocacy about contemporary circus, largely to funders and sort of politically. Um, but now since being in Welland, it's even shifting a bit broader to sort of advocacy for the arts in general, really. Um, and we have a few other sort of offshoot projects, but we can talk about that a little later. Good. Uh, the name, where did the name come from? Was the second question? Yes, please. Yeah. Um, well, the name Femme de Feu means woman of fire. Uh, and the company started um, in 2003, so a while ago. Um, and it was a, a friend of mine. We were dancing, we were creating. We had started doing a little fire performing and we got our first gig back then and we they said like what's your name what's your company name and so we had to kind of think about that and come up with something and we kind of landed on like woman of fire femme de feu because french has such a, a better ring to it than the english language it's so much more romantic so woman of fire was a little bit um too obvious so we kind of switched it around and went francais and really loved it uh, i have a bit of a french connection. I've always like loved French culture. Um, I grew up in French immersion school, so I've had the opportunity quite a few times to uh, use, use the French that I've learned. I'm certainly not perfect in French, but I love to converse in French whenever I can. So um, having actually a French name has, has let us uh, open some doors in, in the French world a little bit too. So that's sort of a history of the name. Well, that's great. Well, French or English translation, great company name. Huh. So check that box off. 
Um, so you mentioned about performance creation. And, and so since 2003, you know, you're coming up to 20 years, which has probably, uh, like most of us, when we look back in the last 20 years, we think, where the heck did that time go? Has that time passed quickly for you since, you know, kind of starting back in 2003? Yeah. Wow. Well, so much has changed in 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah. And yes, definitely. I mean, the past 20 years looking back seems like it's gone by fast, but I think like all time it goes, the years fly by, but the, sometimes the days are slow, especially kind of the days during that pandemic time were quite slow sometimes. Um, but in terms of the company has changed a lot over the past 20 years. We started two of us, Lindsay Goodtimes and myself, and we were dancers and we were 20 years younger and quite free and uh, wild and artists and performing just with fire at that time and dance. Um, and it was really just the two of us, but we kept doing it and there wasn't really much of that happening at the time, especially in Ontario, um, in the circus community and with fire performing. So we started to get more and more work and the company started to grow and we started to bring in more collaborators and we really functioned as, um, a collective that way for quite a few years. Then in 2019, um, a few years prior to that, it sort of became me running the company more. And it was really running as like a sole proprietor kind of company, kind of collective, but really with me at the lead. Um, and then in 2019, we incorporated and became a not-for-profit organization. So brought in a board of directors. Um, and that really formalized a lot of how the organization was working, which was great because it was a direction I had wanted to go for quite a long time, um, wanting to bring in a board and sort of formalize it as an organization um, and bring in sort of some policies and other um, just structure that comes along with having a more established organization. So that was really great. Um, and then in 2021, we got charitable status. So organizationally, it's grown. Our board has grown a little bit too, um, which is nice and slowly become more involved in the organization. And that's been a bit of a, a growth as well as um, all of us learning to work together. So we're slowly starting to work together a bit more closely with the board um, and I have an administrator who works part-time with us, uh, and I work really closely with my husband, um, who runs a production company. So the team has really grown quite a bit, and um, over the long history that we've had, really kind of settled into some... Well, it's maybe not settled in, but because it's ever-evolving and changing, um, but been able to define sort of different roles within the organization, and that's been... Um, feeling like a, a good place to be and with a strategic plan looking forward. Um, yeah, so it feels like it has changed a lot and it has gone by fast. Um, it's certainly been a lot of work and continues to be a lot of work uh, as an organization. But I, it does certainly feel like we're on a trajectory that I'm continuing to be interested in. Excellent. So what drew you towards the circus? aspect of it. Yeah. Tell us about, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Good Sorry. question. Um, so I grew up dancing. I started dancing at like age three 
um, and stayed in dance really my whole life. I was one of those kids that, like, with me and my friends, we would be making up dances and then doing shows for friends and family in the backyard or whatever. And um, that I kind of look back and laugh because I'm like, I'm still doing the same <laughs> thing I was doing at 12. Um, but that's pretty cool too. So, um, yeah, so I danced my whole life. And when I graduated from high school, I went, moved to Toronto. I'm from Winnipeg originally. My family's from there. I grew up there. I, but, but I moved to Toronto after high school to go to the School of Toronto Dance Theatre, which is a three-year professional training program for uh, modern dance. It specializes in Graham technique uh, for the modern dance so I studied Martha Graham technique really intensely for three years. And the goal of that program is to create professional dancers. Um, at that time, the, the school was really focused on creating company dancers. But I wasn't so much on that trajectory. I was very interested in creating and doing different kind of work and multidisciplinary. So when I graduated, I, I worked for various other companies and independently um, sort of performing professionally as a dance artist for a few years, touring a little bit. And then I was touring with children's theater across the States for a couple of years. And one of the gals who was on the tour had just returned from Germany where she picked up some fire skills kind of randomly with somebody she had met while traveling in Germany. And whenever we had some spare time on tour, um, in that sort of chunk of time, she would teach us some skills. So we started learning something called poi, which is this like spinning um, techniques, spinning skill. And uh, once we got a little bit better at it, we were able to like light it on fire. And because we were already dancers, we were already choreographing and had some movement skills. So we started creating and choreographing with these fire skills. And once we had learned the one poi technique, there's many other uh, techniques within sort of fire the world of flow arts, it's called. Um, so we started to learn various other props and bring that into our choreography and come together as a group. And that was around then that Femme de Feu, as a company, uh, started to become a thing, an entity. And um, so that was sort of like our first entrance into the circus world was through fire and through fire performing and then when we were doing that, a friend of ours who was a close friend, close collaborator, we were working with quite a bit, touring with and dancing with, she went off to work with um, a company called the Caravan Stage Barge from BC. And they are a company that does their shows on a tall ship. And they sail from port to port, lots through the States and Europe. And they do their shows like on the deck of the ship and all the artists live together on the ship and tour together and it's pretty wild. Um, and they also do a lot of circus on the ship in their shows. Very multidisciplinary out there kind of theater work. But they do like hanging um, aerial apparatuses from the masts. So like silks off the masts or a hoop or trapeze. And it's quite beautiful and quite exciting. So she picked it up a little bit there. When she got back from her tour, because we were so close and already creating together and working together through Femme de Feu, um, I was like, this is so cool. You got to teach me some stuff that you learned. So she taught me some stuff and started teaching a little bit like to some other friends. She was living in um, 
a studio in downtown Toronto with high ceilings. So we were able to kind of set up there in her loft space. And with the little bit of skills we had learned we and bringing in our choreographic skills already, we started to create work um, together. So that was really our entrance into circus. Um, there wasn't a lot of circus happening in Toronto at that time where I was living. Um, but there was a little bit. So we seeked out some teachers and some coaches when we started learning a little bit there. And then together we traveled quite a bit um, to learn circus skills. So we went to the States, to, traveling to various other festivals. We went to Quebec a little bit, um, traveled across Canada to seek out coaches. But we had already had a pretty good basis in movement training because we had the professional training um, background from Toronto Dance Theatre. So. so Holly, movement, dance, performance, I mean, it's, it's in your DNA. You've got that background. And then there's a national and international flavor to the people you've collaborated with. And I mean, we are a small, soon to be growing community in Welland. How did Femme de Feu, with all the influences you've come across, how did Femme de Feu come to reside in the city of Welland? Yeah, great question. We were living in Toronto. I was living there for 25 years, working as an artist and with Femme de Feu and Femme de Feu Creations. And we were just started, it's that typical artist story of Toronto or really any big city where you start to get like priced out and squeezed out of the city and pushed to further and further uh, sort of away from the urban center. So that was the thing. That was the thing that pushed us out of Toronto was cost of living and space. We, our company was growing and we were getting more and more work and starting to get more funding from the councils to support our creation. But it was hard to find the space to create. So it was really this conflict that was happening. And I'd have some money and have the vision to create a project, but I was really struggling to find the space or we'd have to set up and tear down and, or spaces that weren't necessarily conducive to what we were doing. And then even with our home, it was, we have two kids and it was hard to find parking at our house and it was just getting busier. And we were like, this is just nuts. Let's get out of here. So we started to look anywhere in radius of a couple hours outside of Toronto for a building that would accommodate our dreams of the best space for our creation work that we could think of. And um, my husband actually found the bank, the old CIBC on MLS and it was for sale and he came out here and looked at it and it really met everything we were looking for in terms of height, space, the price. Um, he looked around the town, he went for a long walk and was like, I see great potential in this city, it's really cool. I didn't, uh, had never been to Welland. We had no friends or family here. We didn't know anybody. I had only been to Niagara Falls once. So really no relation to Niagara. So it was quite, quite a leap for us to get here, but the building was just perfect and we felt good here and had, had the, I guess some hopes and a vision for what we felt when we came here. So it was really just sort of a leap of faith and here we are. 
Well, I was going to say that that's pretty cool that, you know, there wasn't a pre-existing connection to the city, but like you said, your husband came down, he kind of walked around a little bit, saw some potential, you know, things kind of felt good. And and when you came and saw, like you said, it, it, it felt good. It felt like a good fit. Um, which, which is a pretty cool thing to happen, right? Especially, you know, coming from Toronto, a much larger urban center, as you, as you referenced to a smaller city like Welland. But again, we're growing and we're starting to see a little bit more, uh, of the arts kind of take root in the city, uh, femme de foot, no, no different. Um, just in terms of your shows though, what I haven't been, if I, if I show up, what can I expect? Well, what will I, what will I see? What will I feel? What will I take away? Well, it depends on the show. We do a lot of different, like quite a a scope of work that we do. Um, so I can talk about one show that's upcoming in October. At the end of October, we're going to do a show at the bank and it's a solo show that I've been working on for quite a few years. It's called in the fire and it's a show about my dad and his experience as a firefighter. Um, so he was a firefighter for 35 years and I built the show around his stories, um, of his experiences. So that show has a little bit of, it's very intimate. It's a bit emotional. It's a bit heavier of a feel. Um, but it's quite creative in that there's mixed apparatuses. So one of the things with Fundafa that we do is we create our own apparatuses based on the concept or the dramaturgy of what we're, what story we want to be telling. So in the fire, for example, I've created apparatuses like out of a turnout coat, which is the coat that they wear into the fires. I've turned that into an aerial apparatus and have an act with it. Um, a ladder, I've turned a fire hose into an apparatus. Um, our shows tend to be like very much about a story or a concept that we're portraying. So not so much on the sort of pure entertainment and the tricks and the wow, although we do like that, but um, our focus is much more into portraying something that we want to share, a story, even if it's abstracted, um, and really trying to foster like a creative investigation. Um, So not redoing things that we've necessarily done before, but really digging into the meaning of ideas that we want to share with an audience. So Holly, you were talking about shows that, I mean, words do a degree of justice, but I think people need to see them to fully get the sense of what is femme de faux creations? What are they bringing to well? And what, what is that experience like? Where can people go to get this experience? You've referenced the bank, you've referenced CIBC, but how, how do people know where to find you? Oh, yeah. Well, we have a website. Okay. Uh, femdefo.com. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Those are pretty much the best places to find us, to reach out for information. Where is the bank? Oh, yeah. Good question. You can just come knock on the door. It's right at King and Main. 22 King Street is our building. We're pretty much always there. You can come pop in and say hi. Perfect. I'm going to have to because it's been great hearing you describe everything, but I know the scale in that building and I know how tall the ceilings are. And I would love to see what you are doing with that much space. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Well, I think through what you've shared with us today, um, 
I've certainly got some images that have conjured in my mind of, of what you're doing. Uh, I think listeners will develop some of those those visions as well. And, and certainly once they see it, they will either be totally blown away because they had it all wrong or they will have thought, yeah, I, I pictured that. Um, so Holly, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to learn about Femme de Fuzz, great to learn about uh, you and what you're doing here in the city of Welland and what you're bringing from an artistic and creative um, lens. Uh, but before we let you go, we have to ask you one last question, and that is whether or not you are a fan of pineapple on your pizza. Yes, I am. Okay. I think we're on a streak of yeses we if really memory are. serves correct. Um, so if you do happen to knock on the door uh, at the uh, this, the old CIBC on King Street, feel free to maybe bring a slice of pizza with pineapple on it for Holly. She will not turn it down. Uh, so again, Holly, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. That was great fun. So we've reached that point of the episode where Paul and I bridge the gap on today's conversation with Holly. Uh, and, I, you know, one of the things that kind of struck me as she was speaking was just her journey uh, growing up in Winnipeg, moving to Toronto, and then ultimately now ending up in Welland. And not that that's a terribly uncommon thing for people to move around from city to city, but going from two larger, I mean, Toronto, obviously very large in comparison to to, uh, to the city of Welland. But just the things that you absorb in your travels that you bring along with you uh, to whatever your current place is. And for Holly, that's the city of Welland. So, uh, you know, I thought it was really cool to hear kind of the influences uh, that inspired her throughout that journey uh, that she has now brought to the city of Welland in what's a pretty unique uh, company uh, that, that we can proudly, as the city of Welland, say resides here. Paul, what about you? So I appreciated that she saw the value in Welland, that Welland is starting a a significant growth and her and her husband saw the value in bringing a creative element to our city. And as we look forward to growing further, more such creative elements will come, which will only strengthen our artistic community, our cultural community. And it brings a, it brings an entertainment. It brings a value here that we we wouldn't have if we if we weren't in a position to grow and with something like this in the city of Welland you don't need to look outside of Welland or the Niagara region to experience something that historically would have only existed in your larger metropolitan cities so thanks to Holly for for seeing value with with what Welland is what Welland has what Welland is going to become and Femme de Faux Creations is certainly going to ride that wave of well, and being a unique place for people to experience. Well, and as you mentioned, the growth of the art scene, art community, whatever uh, moniker you'd like to attach to it. You know, Holly mentioned to us afterwards that she's a member of the uh, creative, uh, the Welland Creative Network. Um, so, you know, again, we're seeing that growth now. People are coming together. They're they're growing it organically, and that's that's going to be for the benefit of everybody. Absolutely. So. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Femme de Faux Creations, for being a presence in Welland. If you want to know more about what's in Welland, check out our past episodes at engagewelland.ca slash podcast. And until next time, that's it for today. 